0: Listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we want to talk about the systemically oppressed of liberal cities. It's almost kind of like a real housewives kind of spin, like, you know, but you can't just pick one city. It's like all of the liberal cities are being systemically oppressed because... Mm. They now exist in a system that has chosen to overlook crime and their cities are overrun by crime. And I'm including our hometown of New Orleans that has seen an incredible spike in crime because now to charge people and convict people of crimes is, in fact, racist.
1: That's crazy. They have something in common, but it's... Terrible.
0: Yeah, and it really is terrible. <laughs> and most recently, you had someone who is soft on crime mm-hmm. in New Orleans actually become a victim of the kind of crime that mm. he is soft on. So maybe wow. there'll be a change. We'll talk about that and also talk about what's going on in D.C. But first, Will the Great, how about just a little bit of culture-proof housekeeping?
1: Yes, Help us to grow. Share the podcast. Uh, If you have been blessed by the Culture Proof podcast, please share it with a friend, family, neighbor, whoever, Uh, church, family. uh, We would love for them to hear uh, what we're saying. You know, we believe that we are uh, mouthpieces for God, for the word of God. And, you know, the thing is, when we share these podcasts, when you share these podcasts, it helps us to grow. It helps us to get out there. It helps us to, to reach people that we wouldn't normally reach. And so um, if you would do that, that would be appreciated. Give it a five-star rating. Five-star ratings is something I didn't know about because I didn't do much podcast listening. But I figured out and I found out, man, that's a, that's a great way to uh, bring some traction uh, to the podcast as well. And also leave a comment. We love your engagement. Thank you so much for being so engaged yes. uh, with the podcast. And, and you know, you leave comments and things like that. It's just awesome to see. So make sure you leave a comment.
0: We recently learned from one of our listeners that on Spotify, you were only able to leave four stars. And I, oh, think, really? the, I think the problem was remedied. And um, now you can leave five. So if you settled for a four... Hmm. Maybe it's time for you to go back. (laughs) I'm just kidding. What's one star among friends? No, we really do appreciate it. We really do. It means a lot. Um, also thank you so much for your support. I want to say thank you to all of our, um, financial supporters. Thank you for signing up to uh, donate monthly. And thank you for those single gifts that you're making just as the Lord enables. It helps us to continue doing the work that we feel called to do. And, um, your support says that it's resonating with you, that it's the kind of content you want to listen to and that you want to spread. So we really do appreciate it. As always, you can learn more um, about supporting this work by going to cultureproof.net. That is cultureproof.net. All right, so I was reading this piece over at the Heritage Foundation, Mm -hmm. um, and it was blame DC City Council for the crime crisis it helped create. And Mm. I was thinking about this in light of a trip that we were going to be making to Washington, D.C. And I was thinking about how even as we were planning this trip and thinking about it, we were thinking about like safety concerns. You know, what would it be like to take six kids into Washington, D.C.? It's not like previously how you would say, hey, let's plan a vacation where we go to our nation's capital. And, you know, it's sort of like the worst thing that happens is that it turns into national lampoons. (laughs) You know, like, no, no longer. Like the worst thing (laughs) that happens is that you die. Right. Or like the worst thing that happens is that, like, you lose (laughs) one of your children because um, the city is crime ridden. And it's amazing that this is something that was preventable, is preventable, but has not been prevented because of social justice justice. Mm something that is preventable that has not been prevented because of social justice. And right. so we want to talk about that. This article written by uh, Charles Stimson and Zach Smith over at the Heritage Foundation, mm-hmm. they found that the district is experiencing a predictable crime crisis caused by pro-criminal policies enacted by the D.C. City Council, and it's affecting everyone. This is how they begin in their piece. As our nation's capital, Washington, has made millions of visitors each year hundreds of thousands work in the district and around 700,000 people live there Mm. few feel safe that's because the district is experiencing a predictable crime crisis caused by pro-criminal policies enacted by the dc city council and it's affecting everyone so you've got all these people who are at the mercy of their city council and the city council Not at the mercy of anyone, just kind of enacting policies that uh, really kind of push an ideology. Mm -hmm. So you begin with the ideological conviction and then you shape policy around that. You don't actually care about the people. You don't actually care about what the people's needs are. You just care about your ideology. And so now you've got... um, People in our nation's capital who Mm -hmm. are feeling or bearing the brunt of that. All right. So here we go. Uh, The district is experiencing a predictable crime crisis caused by pro-criminal policies enacted by the D.C. City Council. It's affecting everyone. Members of Congress and their staff have been assaulted. Wow. Visitors and foreign diplomats have been robbed. And businesses are threatening to close in city neighborhoods that can least afford to lose them. We've seen this happening with drugstores. We've seen this happening where you've got neighborhoods that these businesses, even like the elite Starbucks, right? right that they're right. closing up and they're saying they are yeah. just some neighborhoods we can't be in. Why? Because it's unsafe for our workers. You look all across this country, even yeah. in the restaurants, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but even in the restaurants where they kind of felt at home in the hood, mm-hmm. they're leaving. Right. Like you you think of McDonald's. okay, And McDonald's are closing. Then you've got also they are remodeling the inside of their restaurants to make it safer Mm. for their staff. Sort of like, you know, sectioning off the workers because because they have to deal with random acts of violence now that really goes unpunished, which is actually an invitation for more of the same. Right. So this is what you see happening. You see these organizations are these businesses closing down because they're saying it's not safe for us to be here. It's not safe for us to be robbed at gunpoint and then know that it doesn't even matter if you report it. That's that's what's going on in cities like Washington, D.C. So getting back to D.C., you've got foreign diplomats that have been robbed. Businesses are threatening to close in cities that most need them. Okay, you've got Walmart that's got a theft problem like it's never seen before. And then even again, man, you've got members of the neighborhood, okay, where these Walmarts are being robbed, those people are saying, listen, we actually want to go into the store and buy supplies. Like we actually want to go into the stores and buy formula for our kids. Like we want to be able to buy diapers, but we can't do that because you've got criminals going in and just ripping things from the shelves with impunity. They're not even being punished for this. Okay. So back to DC. Um, The statistics paint an even worse picture. Homicides, and listen to these numbers, okay? Homicides are up 37% compared to this time last year. Robberies are up 66%. Auto thefts are up an astounding 106%.
1: 106% auto thefts.
0: And carjackings are up an equally astounding 108%. Wow. I just want us to stop for a second and just think about that. Like, in the name... Of social justice and <laughs> in the name of, you know, accusing law enforcement of racial profiling or of oppressing certain people groups, mm-hmm. we have allowed in our nation's capital for carjackings to explode with wow. a 108% increase. So wow. so just just you're out driving in your car <laughs> and someone puts a gun to your window and tells you to get out. So the question then comes to mind, what does race have to do with that? Aside from like identifying the person who did it, like you, you want a full description (laughs) because again, in this country, we actually don't give descriptions of people because that's racist to actually identify people in ways that are identifiable. Right. Like you can use all kinds of descriptions, but just don't really actually identify the person. (laughs) Right. But what we are told is that if we um, prosecute crime Mm -hmm. If we arrest people for the crimes that they commit, then we somehow are contributing to systemic racism. Mm. We we somehow are con- contributing to systemic oppression. So here's the point that I'm making, that there is a system that is oppressing people in these liberal cities, yeah. okay? Yeah. And it has nothing to do with race. Well... In some ways it does. (laughs) Oh, goodness. That sounded like so clever in my mind. But the reality (laughs) is it does in a weird, twisted way. It actually does have something to do with race because what we actually find in these cities is that there is the declaration that we're not going to arrest and we're not going to
1: charge certain criminals. Right, right. You know, and the thing is, they're hurting the people. In the, the inner cities, they're hurting, they're, they're being hurt the most. Yes. You know, so you're you're so soft on crime. And another thing, leadership matters, man. Yes. You know, they're putting in these policies, but the crazy thing is they're being affected by it too. That's exactly so right. So the stuff that they're trying to put in place all in the name of social justice and, and being whatever, they're being bitten by that same thing. They have to deal with it as well. And you see a lot of them starting to flip. And yes. say, Oh, wait, wait, hold on. We want more police. We want, you know, because they're seeing them. they're being affected by this stuff as well.
0: No, that's an excellent point. And I wanted to when you talk about being affected, there is a story out of New Orleans. And this is the headline with carjacking New Orleans. D.A.'s radical policies come back to bite him. Mm. Now, let me just say this right off the bat. Because I don't want anyone to think that I would be rejoicing in someone's suffering at all. But I think you can't ignore stories like this when you've got a person who says, Um, I'm going to be soft on crime. I am, I'm going to kind of take it easy and focus on, you know, the big crimes and let these smaller crimes. And by the way, who's defining that, Mm. but let these smaller crimes just sort of, you know, pass under the radar. And maybe we don't worry about that because also, you know, systemic injustice. Right. Mm. But here we have this out of new Orleans. Um, Let's see last week, two criminals carjacked new Orleans uh, sorrows backed district attorney, Jason Williams, (laughs) as he walked his 78-year-old mother to his SUV. Mm. Now, this is horrible to even try to imagine, wow. right? But there, it's worth talking about because it actually puts sort of a responsible face to what is going on, but then also shows the effects of what is going on. When right. we ignore criminals, they don't self-police. Come on. Like when we ignore criminals, they don't say, you know what? I have taken enough. It's like, it is truly like fire. Fire doesn't say on its own, yeah, we've burned up enough. Like that's it. No, they just keep going. That's why we need law enforcement. That's, That's why we actually need people who fear God. Right, who understand what wickedness is, what evil is, and actively, without apology, work to restrain it. Right, That's that's what our aim is. Okay, back to this article. So you've got two carjackers who um, walk up to Jason Williams, D.A., Jason Williams, and his 78-year-old mother as they're headed out to their SUV. Fortunately, fortunately, both Williams and his mother are okay, aside from having guns shoved in their faces and being forcibly removed from their vehicle. But both experienced fear and other consequences resulting from Williams' soft on crime prosecution policies. Mm. Now, look, I, look, wow. let me just say at this point, because I think this is so important to not overlook. The person who carjacked Mr. Williams and his mother, mm-hmm. his 78 year old mother, is responsible for his actions. There's two of them. So they are both responsible for their actions. Right. But we cannot ignore the empowerment that is felt when crime is ignored, mm. right? Like when you've got wickedness, like when, when you have evil that is unrestrained, the wicked continue to walk about proudly because there is no fear. Like what, what do we need to fear? So, so then when you have that happening and you've got the person who ultimately is responsible for the way we respond to crime, Mm -hmm. the way we prosecute or we don't prosecute crime, being affected by it, there, there is a, there is a type of like, you know and i i don't again i want to be careful here but there was a type of poetic justice to that that i think the people who maybe they didn't fare as well as mr williams and mm-hmm. his mom mm-hmm. you know the people who actually were shot yeah you know what i mean in the process of a carjacking the people who lost their lives when you've got young thugs who by the way um are not prosecuted as adults for certain crimes in new orleans and yet they are cre- uh, committing the vast majority of mm-hmm. them in mm-hmm. new orleans these young people This, this is one of those things where you don't, again, you don't want to gloat over these things because there's no gloating here because you've got evil, you've got wickedness, but at the same time, you're not going to ignore it and just be like, you know, well, that's just unfortunate that it happened, but your policies are working. No, this is a clear example that your policies are not working. Mm. This is a clear example that your leadership is failing and your leadership as it fails, failed you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a case of, When the blind these the blind, they all fall in the ditch. Man, yeah. You know, so you have these leaders all, again, all in the name of social justice and trying to be, you know, combat racism. They put these things in motion. And it's like, man, you really end up hurting the people you say that you really love and, and you're trying to to help. Yes. And so it's the blind leading the blind.
0: I mean, in D.C., you've got a situation where they are short about 500 law enforcement officers. Mm. That number ticking up. The expectation is that they'll be short a 1,000 officers in D.C. where the crime continues to go up. And they continue to take this position that they are doing something altruistic or something that is serving the people whose crimes they ignore. Right. Like that to me, that's the height of like, Racism, right, or partiality to say that there are certain people, groups that are just prone to commit crimes. So to consider prosecuting those people for the crimes they commit Mm -hmm. is to perpetuate systemic racism. Like how racist, if you will, is that to say that there are certain people who are just going to commit crimes. So we need to understand that along with their skin color comes a certain expectation that they are going to be a menace to society.
1: Yeah, it's really foolish. Because you have this whole cycle going on because of the way uh, police officers have been treated. Who's, right. Who's going to be the good officers that going to want to take those jobs? So it's going to decrease even more. And how can a city, you know, even how can a city stand, you know, or, or stand, you know, stand up when you have, you don't have law enforcement. No, you have you can't. lawlessness. Like, exactly. And it's going to, it's running rampant. And so, man, the people who are subject to live in these areas, you know, they're Taking a brunt of it, and, but it's the leadership that has put this stuff in place.
0: No, and what you're going to continue seeing is you're going to continue seeing cities where law enforcement officers are celebrated and supported. You're going to see those cities become even more fortified because officers, people who want to serve their communities in law enforcement, they're going to move to areas where they're valued. They're, yeah. they're going to move to areas where they're still celebrated in parades right. and not at personal risk to their own safety right and, and and let me say this at personal risk to their own safety and then where that would just be ignored Right. Mm -hmm. That they would fall, not even necessarily in the line of duty, Mm -hmm. but that they could be off duty and just be a victim because they live in a city where they're not valued, where they're not cared about. So you're going to continue seeing officers move to places like Florida, places like Texas, places like Alabama. Why? Because there is a culture where law enforcement is valued for the service that they provide. Yeah and and they do provide a service and I, I you know i feel like and we've talked about this before even with our kids how it's unthinkable to me that you've got law enforcement officers who are not um compensated in a way that matches their sacrifice mm. what they do you know and then especially for the ones who are in cities where they are protecting people who are pushing policies that don't protect them mm. Can you think Mm. about the mental conflict that an officer has to feel to be in a city where you are protecting leadership that is pushing policies that don't protect you, that make you unsafe? That's that's what we are experiencing in this country. Mm. And I really think it's it's a judgment. Right. When when you don't have wisdom. When you don't have what is commonly called common sense anymore, I think it's a judgment where people have just kind of been left to themselves to do what they think is right in their own eyes. It becomes almost a time of the judges, if you will. Wow! But getting back to New Orleans, so you've got Williams, right? Mm -hmm. Jason Williams, who's the district attorney who was carjacked. He and his 78-year-old mom who was with him, um, he's a career criminal defense lawyer. And he first campaigned in 2020 to be New Orleans's district attorney after a stint on the city council. The Democrat pledged to be, quote, more selective about prosecutions.
1: Mm. You know what that mean?
0: <laughs> the question about that Soft. is, what, what, how are you selecting right. what you're going to prosecute? Well, yeah, That's the question. You
1: know, the climate that we're in has got to be based upon the things that would, you know, be valued, like, Certain, you know, crimes, skin color, different things like that. I mean, we are talking about social justice, you know. So um, pe- the the whole thing of man, they're, they're getting more time than they need for these little crimes and stuff like that, not taking into account the rap sheet that some Come of these guys on. have. So it, I think, man, it's just it's it's, it's a disaster. People you know? tell
0: you people tell you where they want to be, hmm. and maybe more than that, they tell you where they need to be right. by their behavior. And if, and if they are to be rehabilitated and they are to serve the crime or to serve the time that fits the crime that they committed and then be rehabilitated, then we can know that. Right. Mm -hmm. But to just assume that what a person did was a mistake and they're probably not going to do it again. Like you, you're not even, like you don't even do due diligence enough to say, does the person feel remorse over the crime that they committed? You just automatically assume that the crime the person committed is directly connected to the person's skin color which is directly connected to the person's socioeconomic status, which is directly connected to the neighborhood that the person grew up in. And bottom line, that person is not responsible for what that person did. Listen, that is trash talk. Yeah. OK, yeah. that is trash talk, because there are many black people who grow up in an urban context who don't go out and shoot people at point blank range. Right. There are many black people who grow up on government assistance, OK, who don't go out and rob people at gunpoint mm-hmm. like that is offensive. But these are the types of liberal lies that we continue hearing. And then we begin to believe them. We're like, well, right. you know, there are just some people who are not going to be able to work. <laughs> Says who? And right. what's the reason for that? Like, how, how are we arriving there? But let me say this. So about this district attorney mm-hmm. in New Orleans, mm-hmm. it's so important. We always talk about following the dollars, right? Because I started mm. off talking about this Soros-backed uh, district attorney. Williams had the benefit of a $220,000 contribution from George Soros' Louisiana Justice and Public Safety PAC. Wow. Now, if you have a question about what a person's motivation is going to be, please learn who they ally with. Please, please learn their ideology based on who is funding them, who's giving them money. Mm. Like, are they what? Because they got to be like minded. Right. So you've got George Soros, who is committed to disrupting this country, who is committed to lawlessness. He is he is committed to funding the disruptors. George Soros is committed to paying black people to terrorize black neighborhoods. Mm. He's committed to funding candidates who will support that or look in the opposite direction while it's happening. Right. So but again, black people are supposed to be grateful when black people get in office because, you know, that's yay. Like Mm. you've 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 fought the man and you've won. Right. That's supposed to be the, the celebration is that you get somebody black in office. That's look, that's the conditioning that happens.
1: Yeah. And actually you sold out. <laughs> you really sold out and and trying not to be a sellout. They're selling out wholesale, you know, because the people that, again, that they're affecting are the ones that are in these communities. Come on. You know, so they, they are the real sellouts. Man,
0: look, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. I, you know, I'm like, come on, you know, black people, where's the discernment, man? Like, like, where's the discernment? Where, where's the ounce of know it that you were born with? You know, we talk so much about like, oh man, standing on the shoulders of greatness and and the ancestors, man, where's the ounce of know it that the ancestors would have left to you? (laughs) Like, I'm just, I'm just trying to use the common vernacular here. Like, what, what, what are we doing that we can't honestly say that a criminal is a criminal? Like, we have to check skin color first to determine whether or not it's a crime. Like, this is ridiculous because I'm going to tell you, the thugs in New Orleans do not stop and check your ethnicity before they rob you. They don't they don't give you a school hall pass because of your color. (laughs) And look, let's just be real here. okay? it doesn't matter what level you're operating at. Mm. They don't care. Why? Because they are emboldened because now the message has gone out that, you know, we really don't care about lawlessness. Mm. I remember us several years ago <laughs> talking about, man, you can't keep lawlessness as a pet. Right. These people, they want to put lawlessness on a leash that they feel like they get to control. You saw this with Black Lives Matter and the protests. You saw this with, you know, with the opposition and, and how they mm. want to tear up neighborhoods. Antifa. And they think that Antifa, Yeah. they think we're going to control the lawlessness. What we want to do is we want to concentrate the lawlessness in this area using it. Man, you cannot keep lawlessness as a pet.
1: Come on, come on.
0: That is something that has to be dealt with. It has to be put down. And why? Because It's sin. It's, it's not even up for debate. It is sin, right? right? And so the Lord has instituted law and the Lord has instituted order and the Lord has instituted justice. All of these things are in line with the character and the nature of God. So if you live in a city where there's no fear of God in their eyes and there's no law and there's no justice and there's no order, then they are operating in rebellion against God. And you get the results of that. That's right. Let me make, let me give some numerical facts here. Okay, so in 2019, New Orleans experienced a 48 year low in homicides, logging 119. The number started trending up in 2020, then exploded after Williams's first year in office. At the end of 2021, 218 people had been killed in New Orleans, which at that point was the most in 17 years. Wow. So what 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 happened? What happened? What happened is we started saying we can't charge people with a crime if they have a certain skin color. We started calling that racial justice. We, we started calling that equity in, in in crimes. I don't know. Like What, <laughs> right. what, what is that? How that work? It just makes <laughs> no sense. So the city ended 2022, ended 2022 with 280 murders. And it earned the dubious distinction of being America's murder capital, snatching the title away from St. Louis. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, there was another sorrows back D.A., woman by the name of Kim Gardner, who was the top prosecutor until she resigned June 1st. What's the what's the common thread here? Like what's what's the thing that's going on? It's that there are people who have a vested interest in keeping neighborhoods unsafe. And, man, and it angers me because the very people who have this vested interest, right, man, they have all kinds of safety, man. Right. They have they have all kinds of protections. But it's the grandmas <laughs> who are on the fixed incomes who can't move out of these neighborhoods. They're mm-hmm. the ones who are suffering. Man, you want to talk about equity? Like, how is that equitable? Right. Like, how is that fair? You know, how 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 is that not racist that you've, you know— you. You've got the single mom who's working a couple jobs and, you know, trying to save up to buy a house to move out of the hood. But in the meantime, while she's in the hood, she's not safe. And why isn't she safe? Because, you know, systemic racism. She's she's not safe because, you know, we can't prosecute these criminals. We can't get them off the street because, you know, they're black. And the single mom is like, but, yo, I'm black. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, but, you know, you know, no, but, but she doesn't know. She doesn't know because she wants to be safe in her neighborhood. Right. The grandmother wants to go down to CVS, wants to go down to Walgreens and pick up her diabetes prescriptions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she can't. And she can't do it. Why can't she do it? Because she's not safe. You know, there, there are people in New Orleans who want to be able to get in their car and drive without the fear of someone like, like snipering them. Well,
1: I'm going to tell you, <laughs> my mom already said that she don't go out at certain times of the evening anymore like it's unwise she, to she don't she don't do it you know in new orleans because of what we're talking about right here so it's a fact that the people that are being greatly affected you know the victims man all like your grandmothers all like you know the little children you know are the single moms and and, and that's supposed to be the people that uh, that they are trying to help but no <laughs> they're trying to help the criminals they're happen they're helping the criminals
0: without a <laughs> doubt 110% Look, and when people say things like, man, you know, we really need to continue, uh, consider the systemic racism in mm-hmm. our justice system. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to consider how people are oppressed by the law. You know, when they talk about law and order, <laughs> that's just a code for racism. Then you need to turn right back around and be like, so what about the old black ladies in the neighborhood? Mm. Does their race not count? Right? Does their justice not count? Like, I mean, come on. Like, like, like who, who, who are we really watching people march for? This is why Black Lives Matter is a joke. <laughs> they, they are owned by an ideology, an ideology with deep pockets hmm. that affects people who don't even know the ideology, man. They show up at rallies, they're marching, they're, they're yelling, they're talking, they're using all the language and they don't even know they don't even what even they're know. saying. Right. Like they don't, they don't know. know how much that language costs. Right, mm. like they don't know the price tag on it, and they'll never know the financial benefits of it because the money doesn't go beyond the leadership. Come on, it doesn't go beyond the people who implement the the policies. Facts. They get the fat the fat pockets, right? <laughs> like they they're walking through, you know, they're they're the oncelers. You know Mm -hmm. they're like how bad uh, uh, can I be?
1: New homes and come on, man!
0: Like they, they're the ones ones putting in the helipads so the helicopters can land on their property, right? And so, but but you get the luxury of being able to change your Facebook profile to a fist. Go ahead and enjoy that. Like go go ahead and have that. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous to look at what's happening in New Orleans, what's happening in D.C. Like the. and why we we would see these things continue to grow why because people are not bold enough to say hey it's wrong and they're too ignorant to vote out the people who are doing it mm. and 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 how does that how is that ignorance maintained um by skin color partiality yep. be, because people are racist and people say <laughs> well you can't be racist if you're black says who like right. it's a sin of the heart like right. where are you getting that right. And, and then please give me the book, give me the chapter, give me the verse, and let's talk about it. Mm. Show me where God's word says that the sin of partiality can exist in certain people or does exist in certain people based on the color of their skin.
1: You won't find that.
0: You will not. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, man, look, look at the systemically oppressed in these liberal cities. Mm. You want to talk about, like when people start coming up to you talking about, man, you know, systemic oppression and systemic racism and everything. Be like, look, I'm suffering from systemic oppression. Well, how are you <laughs> suffering? Cause I live in a liberal city where I'm not safe. Mm. I am not safe. And, and truly this is not hyperbole. You are not safe. If you live in a city where they refuse to prosecute crime in the name of racial justice, Right.
1: right.
0: You, you are not safe.
1: You're not safe. That's
0: right. Look, you've got criminals and man, look, you've got criminals who will victimize their own families. You think they care about you simply because of the color of your skin. They don't, they don't care about people they shared a womb with. (laughs) They don't care about the color of your skin. So it's a lie and a deception that you should only care, right? If it's some, something that would affect you directly, right? Mm. Because it actually does affect you directly. You're not safe. If you live in a city that does not prosecute crime. That's right. All right, we're out of time. I just want to look. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's not be duped, people. Like let's let's not um, love our skin color more than we love Jesus, right? Let's not love our positions and our ideologies and and all of these things that we exalt above Christ. Mm. Like, come on, man, for for eternity, the Lord's desire is that we would have wisdom, right? That we would be wise. The Bible says that if you walk with the wise, you become wise, right? So often what we have is we have counselors, you know, who are on YouTube channels. We've got counselors who are in our kids' classrooms, and they are teaching them something that is antithetical to the faith. And then they adopt that as their, quote unquote, their truth, with disastrous results and that's why we see what we see happening in these liberal cities all across the country all right look when you resist the cultural trends that rival the truth you remain culture proof until next time lord willing